All right. Hey, Lucy. <laughs> Hi, Ned. Welcome to the Wine, 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 Wine. I love that name. Lucy and Ned podcast. Um, so what are we drinking today, Lucy? Oh, fuck. Um, the Domain de, de la Chevalerie. Yep. Diptyque. Yep, Diptyque. 100% Cab Franc. It's Cabernet Franc, because it's Bourgogne, and everything Bourgogne. from everything from Bourgogne is Cabernet Franc. Bourgogne is like is the... It? Yeah, it's... it's Yeah. Okay, Bourgogne is the less appreciated, I don't know, like, cousin of Chinon across the, like, across the river from Chinon. Okay, got it. Um, but, yeah, they're both, they're both Cabernet Franc. Um, and... So this is, has anybody ever asked you the question, Lucy, like, if you were stuck on a, stranded on a desert island and you could only drink one wine for the rest of your life. Right. That's Okay. (laughs) If you're, this is the secret handshake of the wine, like, industry of like the wine, like wine geeks. I thought it was Riesling. That's the, okay. So (laughs) there's three correct answers. When, when wine geeks meet each other. Yeah. They ask, like, oh, if you were stranded Wait, on a I desert island. I want to guess island, the third one. Okay, what's the third one? Is it Beaujolais? No. Then I don't know. It's Chenin Blanc. Ugh, there's only There's only three acceptable boo. answers. <laughs> That's how they recognize each other. They're like, if you were stranded on a desert island, what, what wine would you drink for the rest of your life? And you have to either answer Riesling, Chenin Blanc, or Cabernet Franc. Nobody's if you Those three grapes, like, then they're like, oh, yeah, you're part of the club. Ugh. That's how, how you know. I do and don't want to be part of that club. Well, now everybody can be part of the club. Because now, <laughs> now the secret's out of the damn bag. That I definitely want to be part of the club. Okay. No one wants to be a part of it now. So this is... Um, everybody does. So, okay. <laughs> the important thing about this. So it's Domaine de Chevalerie. Chevalerie. Uh, which is, uh, I think they're 14th generation now. It's a 14th generation family winery. Um... They were founded, they started the domain in 1689, I think. Um, They have, I want to say it's like 60-something acres spread Mm -hmm. throughout Bourgogne um, in different, like, vineyards, different locations. They um, farm all of it biodynamically. They sell off a bunch of the fruit that's from parts that they don't think are fantastic, and they just keep the fruit. And make wine from I think they have like five different named vineyards that they that they work with, um, and the crazy one of the crazy things is that the domain the chateau is built on top of a subterranean quarry from like the 11th century mm-hmm. that was dug out to provide limestone to build the nearby town, so okay. they have like an acre or two of, like, caverns cut into the limestone. What makes a quarry a quarry? A quarry is just, like, a place you cut rock from okay. to have rock. It can be, like, on the surface, or it can be, like, a mine, like a subterranean thing. So this is subterranean. It's a cavern okay. underneath the winery. So they can just hold wine until they want to sell it, basically. So they, like, have all... They have crazy old vintages and stuff like that. They can just, like, wait for things to be... So this is this is their entry-level wine, the Diptyque. It's a really? blend, or as they would say, an assemblage of different different vineyards that have different terroirs, and they blend some of the wine to make a, a Bourgogne that's like more accessible that you can drink younger. That's not as like intense. Although this tannic. is now five years old. Right, and this is their entry level wine. <laughs> yes, 
it's crazy. And it's under $20 retail. Like that's like, this is yeah, but it's- not super expensive, but it's, they're legitimately one of the top, top producers in Bourgogne. They're one of the best, I think, producers of Cabernet Franc in like in the Loire. Like when you're, t- if you're talking about like this. classic, so good. classic Cabernet Franc. Okay. Talk about it. Okay. What's it smell like? I don't know. What's it smell like? You can't just, like, ask me the questions well, I just asked you. Okay. Oh, it, I'm going to say it. Me, okay. <laughs> Otherwise, it's still your answer. What does it smell like, Lucy? It smells like... It smells like a barbecue to me. Yeah. But not, like, a barbecue where people... This is always what I say about Cap Franc, and this is why I like Cap Franc, is because Cap Franc, to me, smells like when... You're at a barbecue, but everyone around you is, like, ripping butts. And, like, there's, like, somebody mm. threw, like, fucking a tennis sneaker into the fire. And it's, like, I don't know, dirty and, like, grungy fall, like, yeah, weird it, bonfires. Okay. But in a really good way. And then we said, like, more traditionally, it's, like, grilled meat and, like. Yeah. Yeah, like, grilled meat, but it's, it, yeah, it's, like, smoke and, like, burnt. Smoke and burnt. It's but not like, just, like, smoke or wood fire. It's, like. Burnt, I love it. Burnt stuff. But that's because I like... This is like... I feel like they would make a man candle that smelled like this. <laughs> I feel like... You know how they make, like, man candles that smell like... It's make man things. candles and, like, it would sell in <laughs> Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, my but it God. it smells Wait, great. We should make a cab franc candle. That would be so that good, That could be actually. another business. Okay. Yeah. I'll work yeah. on it. Okay. Um, it doesn't just smell like fires and burning tennis no, shoes, doesn't. though. Yeah, um, no. I get a lot of like like blackberry, like black cherry oh, yeah. in the aroma. It's like autumn autumn berries, like things that are ripe. That's true. In the like once it's crisp and cold out. Yeah. Is this sediment on the bottle? Mm-hmm. Unfiltered. Well, that's yeah, it's unfiltered, and that's because you know. The one, so there's, there's like sediment stuck to the side of the bottle that we're looking at here. And that's because it's been in the bottle for like four years. So that's so cool though. Yeah. You know, this sediment is probably like the oldest in. unfiltered wine I've ever drank. We'll work on that. <laughs> Aw. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's five years old. Yeah. I know. Most wine gets, cons- most wine gets consumed really, really quick. So it's... Nice. It smells spicy. It smells peppery, but yes, it, it to me, it doesn't smell like green peppery. No, like that's, it doesn't. That's a complaint. Yeah, that people talk about with Cabernet yeah. Franc, and this no, is I like. No, I love that about Cab Franc, though. Well, right, but it, like this has got the pepperiness, but it's just, and it's like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit like leafy or like herbaceous. Yeah, but it's, but it's I love that. so like the Chevalerie wines are exceptionally like sleek. And refined, mm. not in a like fancy, annoying, uncomfortable like. I can't think of a. Let me think of a like a bad car brand that I think is that is dumb. That's like too fancy for its own good. Like how Acuras are just rebadged Hondas. You know, like I have no idea what that means, but okay. Okay, so this is <laughs> the, this poor boy, this Cabernet Franc is really like sleek and integrated but it's just actually really well made it's not okay, it's not it. like walking into a bar and there's some guy who's like overdressed in some really nice fitted suit and he comes over and he's a sort of like a jerk to you mm. you know what mm-hmm. i mean and you're like oh, sure he's, he's too sleek he's <laughs> yeah. too like he looks like a douchebag mm. like 
I don't mean that when I say sleek. Like, this is just no, really, okay, really well put together. This is really, really well made. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. It's super good. But, and we were kind of saying that it's, like, crisp and fresh and, like, bright, but also kind of, like, dusty and, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's well, more interesting than that. It's medium bodied. Mm-hmm. It has nice acidity. Like, when I drink yeah. it, the, the fruit that I taste is, like, bright, fresh, like. Yeah. Like, eating fresh cherries, not, like, cherry oh, yeah, totally. jam or something like no. that. Um, and then you also get, like, a, like, black pepper, like, you know slightly herbaceous kind of a kind of a thing to it and there's tannin but it's totally in line with all of the flavors of the wine and it doesn't like grab you or hit you in the face it's just sort of like there in the background and helps draw the wine together Yeah, it's, like, dark. I think it's dark, but I think on the palate it's, like, fresher than I expect a Cab Franc to be. The the fruit is, like, dark and kind of ashy a little bit. Yeah, that's a good word. Because, like, it's that ashy, like, it dries your mouth out a tiny bit and stuff, like, like in a sneaky kind of way, not, like, aggressive tannins. It's just, like, oh, this is a little bit, like, dry, ashy and stuff. But at the same time, the acidity is, like, bright and gives the wine this uplift to it. Yeah. I agree. At the same time. Did you ever go into El Camino and my parents would be, like, roasting tomatoes and peppers? like and poblanos and stuff yeah. like that out back? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they would be, like, making charred tomato salsa. Yeah. And they would, like, on the, like, big cast, what are those, like, cast iron pans. Mm-hmm. And they'd have, like, all of them filled with tomatillos and tomatoes and, like, poblano peppers. I think I remember them on, like, a like a wire, like, sheet yes! or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like coming over out, an coming, open flame. Yeah, coming out of an oven <laughs> or out of the oven, yeah. But it's, like, kind of like that. Like, then and then they peel them. But if you just, like, took that and, like, bit into it. Yeah. I yeah. Feel like, that's kind of like this wine. I agree. Yeah, totally. Right? Yes. So good. Yeah. So this, so I visited them in, I forget when the hell it was. It might have actually been, like, 2014. It might have been, like, this vintage was when I was there. And so it's, it's Pierre, Pierre Callot. And then his daughter, Stephanie, and his son, Emmanuel. And Pierre was still there. Pierre passed away, like, two years later, I think. And he was just an awesome, like, old-school farmer who was just really, really, really super excited, I think, about farming. <laughs> and, like, okay. driving around in his tractor. And, like, he was just, he loved it. But So he passed away, and I don't know. I think mm. people, for a little while, people were a little weren't sure what was going to happen, but Stephanie and Emmanuel have taken over and like are really have done awesome stuff with the winery have just kept on sort of like moving it forward. Um, and that's part of, I don't know, part of why I'm excited to talk about this wine because it's such good, such well-made Cabernet Franc. It's like very, what do you mean when you say that? So it's, you know, with something like this, like Bourgogne or Chinon, like they're famous appellations with a really, really long history mm-hmm. and this like terroir and, you know, they only grow Cabernet Franc. So, you know, you drink them year after year and you start to have this idea of like, oh, this is what Chinon tastes like, or this is what Bourgogne tastes like. Like it should have this character. Mm-hmm. And then you start to sort of like expect that and you taste different producers and you're like, oh, this producer is like deviates a little bit because like 
they're like a younger, like kind of wild guy and the wine tastes a little bit more rambunctious. And then like this other guy, he went to school in Burgundy and learned about making wine there. And so like his wines are, they still taste like Cabernet Franc, but they're like a tiny, tiny bit more like supple, like Pinot Noir, like whatever. Um, this, the Chevalerie wines just, I don't know, like out of all, all of the Loire Cabernet Francs, all the Bourgogne, Chinon, Saumur, like Touraine things mm-hmm. that I've drunk, like, and all the different Bourgogne's, Chevalerie is the real, for me, like the best example of like what Bourgogne really, really is sort of at heart. But do you mean that because of like, it's a reflection of the terroir, terroir? Yeah. like it's a reflection of like the land that it's growing out of or like also the people who are making it and also like what it feels like to be there. And maybe that's all terroir, but like, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a great argument to have. That's another podcast <laughs> that we should do is like, what is terroir? No. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Cause I went, I forget what, oh, damn it. Which winery was I at? It wasn't Olga Raffo. It was a different winery, but I had a long argument with like with them about what, whether like the winemaker's yeah, personality like yeah. was part of terroir and they were like, no, it's not terroir. And I was like, but like kind of wine, like wine, you can't make wine without people. Like the people are, and like of the people's place. culture and history and stuff is part of it. And anyway, hmm, um, that's interesting. I yeah. feel like whether you include that or not in Domaine de Chevalerie, like because of how long they've been here and because they know these different individual vineyards so well that they farm, like each, each different vineyard that they farm is slightly different that they make individual wines from. So like one is really like clay, dense, cold soil and the grapes okay. ripen later there and the wine is more intense and tight and structured and built for aging. And then like another one is more gravelly and the gravel soaks up more heat and so, so the grapes ripen earlier. Kind and, of what you're saying is like this is the best example of it because it like encompasses the diversity of it. It encompasses the diversity and also their history that like they've been here for, you know, whatever, 350, their family's been here for like 350 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, work, trying, like working on this land and yeah. like absorbing the traditions of the place and mm-hmm. the, and the wine. And so it's like, you're not just drinking wine that not to put down somebody who decides to be a winemaker and comes in no. and like learns and does it, but like, you're getting like steeped in tradition. the sort of, yeah, the, 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 the distillation of 14 generations of like 350 years of these people being here on this land, farming it and getting to know it and mm-hmm. like becoming a part of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to like put you on the spot. I guess I just feel like that's something that people like quote unquote in the industry say a lot is like, oh, this wine is a great, is like, you know, a paragon of this location or like of this grape and like yeah as a consumer I guess I feel like I don't always know what that means yeah like what's the value in saying that like (laughs) or just like yeah or like if there are so many you know obviously there's sort of like a general like this is what Cab Franc tastes like and this is like what Cab Franc from Bourgogne tastes like. Yeah. But, like, how do you quantify that? And maybe there's not really an answer to that other than that, like, you drink it and you're like, this just tastes like being there. Yeah. And, like, somehow that's kind of the best version of it. But that's, I feel like that's a cop-out. You know, if somebody comes in and they ask you, like, oh, I, what's this thing that is called Bourgogne? Like, what yeah. does this taste like? And you're like, 
oh, this wine, that's Bourgogne, this is a very classic Bourgogne. Like that, <laughs> you, just, like, cool. you just told them nothing. <laughs> like that's, Bourgogne, it tastes yeah. like Bourgogne, you're going to love it. <laughs> Zero value added. Um, yeah, no, good point. So I would call, I'd say like Bourgogne, Bourgogne is generally a little tiny bit, I think, more structured than Chinon. Chinon is usually a little tiny bit warmer. And so Cabernet Franc from Chinon is a little bit more like supple and like fruity and voluptuous and stuff like that. And Bourgogne has a little bit more like tannin and acidity yeah. and structure. Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Franc from Bourgogne, it should be medium bodied. It should have like vivid kind of like small, tight, dark berry fruit, mm. good acidity, like tannic structure either integrated or like kind of slightly tight tannins good ones can age for decades um at the same time also like this dry dusty earthy ashy thing yeah a herbaceous peppery thing that's just there in a hint that's like fun but doesn't throw off throw the wine off kilter mm. like it should basically taste like the way we just described this wine yeah i think Okay, um, so that's like a really good answer. So that's, yeah, that's why. That's why I would call this. And it's also, it's just when you drink this, like all those flavors are all in harmony. They're mm. all really integrated and working together. None of them are like no, definitely. in your I mean, face or overwhelming. Just like from yeah. It. And that's a hard thing to do as a yeah. wine okay. maker. Yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah. That makes so, sense. Yeah. And, and the, if I were like a three year old, I'd be like, but why? <laughs> I'd want to know more. <laughs> and then I'd be and like, I kind of want to be like, but why? Refer to my blog post from <laughs> 2014 or whatever the hell that was that I went. But that's what I mean by that is like, then you have to kind of be our, like my brain goes into the place of like, is that because of the person who's making it or because of where it's being grown or because of that year or because of what? And like probably the true answer is because of all those yeah. things. I think the true answer, at least in this case, is that, like, it's the place where it was grown. Yeah. And then it was, like, their expertise and knowledge that allowed them to make the best wine possible out of it mm-hmm. without messing it up, without, like, changing the character that it had. Yeah. Sort of, like, so they managed to, like, express the place's character in the most, like, refined, elegant like supple Cabernet, true, true to yeah. Cabernet Franc way possible. The thing that I think I like about Cap Franc, and maybe this makes me sound like an idiot, but I don't really care. <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm anyway. Excited now. Is that when I drink Cap Franc, I feel like I can really easily like pick out flavors. Okay. Not flavors, oh. but do you know what I mean? Oh, this is going to get so weird. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but okay. So like <laughs> the French language you know, gets it's spoken slightly differently all yeah. over France. There's all these different accents. Yeah. And everybody says that French from the Loire is the most proper, like, classic, oh, really? real French, where it's, like, people, huh. everything is, like, precise and, like... But that's, I think, how I feel like, about Loire spoken. wines, like, generally right. speaking. Yeah, exactly, though. Whoa, like, the, like Loire weird. wines are, like... The easiest to Sort define. of, well, they're, like, precise yeah. and, like clean and there's all these different like what's cool about Cabernet Franc is there's all these different almost juxtapositions of flavor but like you can sort of pull it apart and yeah. be like yeah there's like this Even and this I and drink, this like, and rose stuff. rosé of Cab Franc I'm like oh pepper oh, yeah 
And I fucking love it. No, I love it. It's so I, good. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the one I was, like, underage. That was the first, like, wine I really what? fell in love with. It was, like, <laughs> it was a rosé chignon when really? I was, like, 18. Yeah. So good. Oh, but yeah. I feel that way, too, about, like, muscadets. From. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I have, like, less experience with muscadet compared to, like, Capernaum. Anyway. But Lord. that's yeah. off topic. Yes. But I feel like I like Cab Franc, and I feel like it's a... I was surprised to hear you say that about the deserted island thing. Yeah. Because I feel like Cab Franc is, like, a really good wine if you're, like, I want to increase my wine vocabulary or just, like, feel more confident in tasting a wine and being, like, I get this. Mm-hmm. Like, Cab Franc is a really good way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I think you're right. And people out there on the internet, <laughs> <In> the <world. laughs> you should go buy wine from Domaine de Chevalerie because they're fantastic, nice people. They work biodynamically. It's natural wine, but they don't advertise it because this is just how they've always <laughs> just fucking it done it. Yeah. Um, like they don't like promote themselves. They don't whatever. They don't care. They just make amazing wines and it's not that expensive. So, um, yeah, this is... Uh, Lucy and Ned, wine, 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 wine. <laughs> you have to say it like that every time. I know. Wine, 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 wine. Yes. Thanks a lot for listening. Hi. See you next week. <laughs>